You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm Karen Parkinson. And I'm Megan Winter. It takes more than a great product, a pretty website and some social media to have a successful online store. But you've probably already figured this out. So after a decade in the industry, we thought it was about time we shared our knowledge, experience and wisdom with you so you can sell more on your online store. In today's episode, we follow on from last week where we showed you how to improve your conversion rate with the five on-site essentials. So go back and have a listen to that one after this. Today, we are going to share five tech checks to improve your online store. And the first thing that we look for when an online store's conversion rate is tanking. We're also going to share some free tools so you can run these tech checks on your online store today. So before we dive in, if you enjoy this episode, please like, share and leave a review. It would mean the world to us. Plus, it will help other online store owners discover the information that they are looking for. So let's dive in. We hope you enjoy this episode. There really are only three ways that you can make more money on your online store. They are to increase the traffic that's coming to your site. So get more people to your site, increase your average order value. So increase the amount that those people are spending or increase the conversion rate. So increase the number of people uh, who are actually going through and making a purchase. So we're going to talk about how to improve your conversion rate without actually increasing any of the traffic or increasing your average order value. We're only going to talk about the increasing conversion rate because if you can increase your conversion rate, you can dramatically impact your revenue and your profit. Not saying that you shouldn't look at those other things as well. However, this episode is only about that. So we're going to look at the some tech checks, some behind the scenes things that you uh, need to look at. So we once had a client who we were running their Facebook ads for and the Facebook ads were technically performing really well. So we had great click-through rates, low cost per clicks, uh, the creative was performing well, the audience was good. However, the ROAS, so the return on ad spend, was not where we would like it. Uh, so it's one of those things that where we got curious and we dug a little bit deeper and we found that the conversion rate on that website had actually gone down since we started working with that client. So we investigated it a little bit further and found out that they had changed some things uh, and made some updates and uh, touched, you know, touched their website so that the, um, the things that we're going to be covering today had all dramatically decreased essentially. And so that was affecting their conversion rate. So once we got in, told them to, you know, clean all of those things up, (laughs) stop touching, fix your website. um, Then their conversion rate essentially doubled. It went back to where it should be. And so therefore the ROAS, the return on ad spend doubled as well. So conversion rate, 
is so important because it affects so many things. So if you're running Facebook ads and you're sending all this traffic to a website that is not converting, it's essentially like turning on the taps without having any buckets in place to capture the water or at least very leaky buckets. So we want to make sure that your website is watertight, ready to capture any traffic that you send to it. And we're going to talk about that today. So we call it having a traffic ready website and we don't recommend anyone starts to send that paid traffic until they have these things ticked off. But just to give you an example of why conversion rate is so important, it is a really good conversion rate for e-commerce store to have just 3%. So that means for every 100 people go to your website, only three people buy And that can make such a big difference as you start to get bigger numbers. So imagine you have 10,000 visitors to your store every month or even every week and 1% of those people purchase. That's 100 orders. That's $10,000 if they're all spending an average of $100. Not too bad. But if you can increase that conversion rate just a couple of percent to 3%, then you're tripling your revenue. Instead of 100 people purchasing, 300 are purchasing. And instead of making 10,000, you're making 30,000. Don't know about you, Megan, but I prefer the latter. So your conversion rate is so, so important. So one of the first things that we look at to make sure that you've got a traffic-ready website with our behind-the-scenes tech things is to make sure that you have a fast-loading website. And this means it loads in five seconds or under. Now, that smart sound fast. Stores like Amazon, which are huge, load in around a second. So it's definitely possible to have a big store with lots of products and load fast, but there's lots of things that come into play that affect how fast your site is. If you're using a website platform such as Wix or Weebly or one of those sort of self-build platforms, they tend to be a little bit slower. They're a little bit clunky, a lot of things that go back and forth before it actually reaches the person who's looking at the website. So one thing you can do is actually just switch to a platform that's designed for e-commerce such as Shopify to increase your speed straight away. Other things that can slow it down are really big image files. So it's always a good idea to compress your images before you upload them to your website, make them as small as possible without reducing the quality. We definitely still want that quality there. And also things like apps that you've got on there, lots of extensions. So go through your plugin list if you're on WordPress and WooCommerce or your apps list if you're on Shopify and delete anything that you're not using or anything that's not essential. So it used to be that every website would have a integrated Facebook likes box that would actually show the number of likes on your page. What that does is every time somebody goes to your website, that app goes back to Facebook, finds out the latest number, comes back and does that. It only takes a few microseconds, but if you imagine that you've got a lot of apps doing that, then you're adding seconds onto your load speed. And people would rather have a quick experience with your website. Nobody's going to sit there and wait for your website to load. I remember my first website of my first business had a 16-second load speed. And I was like, hey, that's not bad, 16 seconds. People will wait that long, right? No. So anything over five, (laughs) you tend to lose people. So you want to make sure that you have things loading Nice and quickly, get rid of all the unessential apps, extensions, anything that loads too slowly, get rid of that and uh, replace it so you have a nice quick load speed. So 
We once had one of our users who uh, went and did this. So they removed a lot of the uh, pop-ups and non-essential things. And I think they said that their load speed increased by 7% just by removing some of those pop-ups. So such yeah, a, such a big, big difference. Yeah, big difference. So image, make sure that your images are nice and small as well. Um, we will link up to a free tool that you can use to check your load speed. Um, and we'll also link up to a tool to check your next thing. Actually, probably all of these things have some free tools that we can, some freebies that we can link up to. The next thing is to ensure that your online store is mobile friendly. So mobile is the business. It's where things get done. It's where people are searching. It's where people are doing a lot of their shopping. Check your Google Analytics and see how many people are on mobile. It's usually around 80% or more. So 80% of your customers are generally coming to your site on their mobile. And if you think about a website, it's usually designed by a graphic designer or a website designer on desktop. So they're designing for desktop. And then if you're lucky, you will also have a mobile, uh, specifically mobile designed site that's derived from that desktop site. Like an afterthought, hey. It's kind of like an afterthought. What a lot of people do is actually make their desktop site mobile friendly. What we want is a mobile optimized site. So a site that is designed and built specifically for mobile because 80% plus of your traffic is coming from mobile. So you really want to make sure that that is uh, optimized. One, because your customers need to have a great experience. There's nothing worse than having to, you know, uh, pinch into the screen on your phone to see what you're looking for uh, or to find, you know, the menu button or the buy now button. If you have to do that, people are just going to leave. So you need to make a good experience for your for your traffic, so for your customers, but also Google now gives you a score and it basically says that your site is mobile friendly or not. And if it thinks that your site is mobile, is not mobile friendly, you essentially get a massive red cross. And if you think about what Google's job is, Google's job is to give its users a good experience. So Google is not going to send its users to a site that it thinks is not mobile friendly or loads very slowly, which is the first point that we covered. So you kind of need to make sure that you're Ticking those Google gods happy. (laughs) You have to, absolutely. So uh, make sure that your online store is not just mobile friendly, but mobile optimized. Yeah, for sure. So build for mobile first, think about desktop later. And one of the things Megan mentioned there was those pop-ups. There is nothing worse than going to a mobile store where it pops up and you can't find the button to get out of it because it's designed that particular pop-up app for desktop. So the X is like off screen somewhere and you're like stuck. And that can um, really kill your traffic if people can't get past the first page. Yeah, they'll just leave. If people are not having a good experience, they'll leave. And you've only got a couple of seconds for that. So if you're not giving them a good experience on the device that they're on, well, they're not going to stay. (laughs) They're going to leave and not come back. 
Uh, this next one is really important for uh, when you go to do Facebook ads, which is one of my favorite topics, but it's to make sure that you've got your Facebook pixel installed. So what the Facebook pixel does is adds a cookie uh, to your website. So you don't see it on the front page. It's not like a picture of a cookie or anything like that. It is back-end mm, code cookies. that talks, <laughs> making us hungry. <laughs> Backend code, it talks to Facebook. So if I were to go to a website, it tells Facebook what I do. It says, hey, Karen's a user on Facebook. Uh, she's just gone to this website all about puppies. She must like puppies. So it adds to my profile. But it will also go, hey, she looked at those bowls. Uh, she must be looking for some new pet bowls. Oh, she added to cart. Oh, no, she didn't check out. And all that information gets fed back to Facebook. So if you've ever been onto a website and you've thought about buying something and you haven't, then you've sat down later on and you're watching telly and you're scrolling on your phone and there's that exact personalized dog bowl or little black dress that you were looking at. You think, how did they know? That is the Facebook pixel. So it is super important. We talk about this a lot later on with our Facebook ad training and things like that. But the Facebook pixel starts working from the day you install it. So even if you have no intention of using it just yet, if you're not quite up to Facebook ads, that's totally fine. It is a free piece of code. It's free to install, super simple. Uh, I highly recommend that you go ahead and install that so you've got all that data collecting ready for when you are ready to start using it and start tackling Facebook ads. Yeah, and it's really important as well to note that you can't collect data retrospectively. So you can't collect data from yesterday if you install your Pixel today. So you can only start collecting data from the day you install it. So like Karen said, even if you're not going to use Facebook ads for six months, install it today because when you go to do that, future you is going to thank today <laughs> you for having all of this amazing six months worth of a really rich data that you can tap into. For sure. And you can actually go back 180 days as long as that pixel was installed and get up old data. So make sure you install it today and then you can use it later on. So I think also to mention, if somebody was getting a new website, Karen, uh, and they had a pixel on their old site, what do they do with that new site? Move the pixel along. So if you had a uh, site that was already getting data and you want to start using a new website, you can keep that same pixel ID, bring it across to the new site, and that way it will just continue to collect that data for you just in the new location. Yeah, so you're essentially not starting from scratch. No. So you, you're taking all of that amazing learning and all of your customers' interactions from your old site over to your new site. Exactly. And one of the other uh, tech behind the scenes tools that you can install is Google Analytics. So again, this is one that you might not be ready to use. You might not be religiously tracking everything right now, but Google Analytics is amazing at collecting data of what people do on your website. So rather than being sent back to Facebook this time, this data is sent back to Google. And Google Analytics is a free tool that you can use then to monitor and dissect all this good data. It will show you who goes to your website as in the demographics. So you can say, oh, like most of the people coming to my website are female or most of them live in Tasmania or most of them are in Brisbane. Uh, you can tell which pages they visit most frequently and which ones they don't, what your most popular products are. And if you set this up and you turn on the e-commerce tracking, you'll be able to see exactly how much is made and where those people came from. So it'll show you the most common places that people start on your website and also the most common places that they leave. So if they're leaving without purchasing, you can 
can see if that's happening because of the checkout's not great, people are leaving there, or if they're getting overwhelmed or stuck on another page. There's so much good juicy data in Google Analytics that I recommend any new website or existing website that hasn't done so yet installs the Google Analytics code and definitely turn on that e-commerce tracking as well. So Google Analytics, Facebook Pixel are both free. So yes. it's not going to cost you anything to install. Uh, just have them on there so that you're getting all of that amazing data. Once you have that data and you're then ready to use it, this is where we come into point five. So this is our <laughs> fifth tech check that you need to make sure that you have to increase your conversion rate is really to just make sure that your online store is ready to follow people up when they leave your site without buying. So as Karen mentioned before, sometimes you might be scrolling through uh, a website and, you know, the kids are screaming, the phone is ringing, you're looking at work and your boss walks in. So you close <laughs> down the website. All of these things that are happening, which is just life, people are busy. They're not thinking about you as much as you're thinking about your online store. Uh, people are thinking about themselves. So they need to be reminded oh yeah, that's right. I was looking at those earrings or at that uh, piece of clothing. And so when, you know, you, you then, like Karen said, are sitting down watching TV, scrolling through Facebook and you see those exact pair of earrings and you think, oh, it's a sign from the universe. Actually, no, that's just really clever that's retargeting. Just what we tell our husbands. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with it's a sign from the universe. And I absolutely need these earrings. Uh, so to be. you need, need to make sure that you're ready to follow people up. And like we've said, you know, 3% conversion rate. 3% conversion rate is a really good conversion rate for online uh, e-commerce. So that means for every 100 people that are coming to your site, 97 are leaving without buying. And if you're not following them up and reminding them that you actually exist, they're going about their day, they're busy, they're not going to think about you again. So it's a massive waste of time and energy and uh, effort to get all of those people to your site and then not follow them up. Because we know that if they've sh if they've had a look at your products, they've shown purchase intent. Sometimes they just need that little reminder to come back and purchase. So there's a couple of ways that we can do this. So one of them is my favourite, Facebook ads. Um, so it can sound super stalkerish, but you can show people Facebook ads based on what they look at on your website, and also what they add to cart and don't check out. So average for e-commerce is a 68% abandoned cart rate. So majority of people who actually go to the effort to add to their cart are not actually going to go through and check out unless we come in and remind them. So the Facebook ads can be great for highlighting the features and benefits and just reminding people, hey, we know you're busy and you left, but don't forget to come back. Um, the one thing is if you are sharing a computer with somebody, really bad time of year to be looking at things is Christmas because every time my husband goes to buy me a sneaky gift, I get retargeted with all the ads for those products. So I know exactly what he's going to buy me every year. But you had to target to act surprise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> retargeting definitely works. When we look at our Facebook ad funnels, those ads that are shown to people that had already added to cart but hadn't checked out yet are our highest return generating ads. So definitely super important. 
And there's not just Facebook ads. Uh, there's well, another actually- way. There is another way, but just before we leave <laughs> Facebook ads, you can so you can target people who have added to cart but not purchased, but you can also target people who have purchased and only those yeah. people. So let's just say you're selling a consumable that um, you know people need to purchase every thirty month at uh, thirty months, thirty <laughs> days, for example. You can start targeting people on the twentieth day after their purchase and remind them to come back and purchase again. So there's so many powerful things that you can do. And this is where, you know, when we when we get more in depth into the power of Facebook ads, uh, but just having all of those like having just the retargeting and just the post purchase and even like thank you ads. So just sending a little thank you ad. Upsells and cross sells. There are so many different possibilities with Facebook ads of what you can do with them. And if you, if you don't have those things set up, you're leaving a, a lot of money on the table. So the next thing is email retargeting. Yeah. So email retargeting. Some people think that email is dead, but it really isn't. Um, This can be really powerful getting into the inbox of somebody with your products and the same that we do for Facebook ads. And these work really well in conjunction with each other. You don't need to pick one or the other. So although they might be seeing a retargeting ad on Facebook, subconsciously they're taking it in, but maybe not really noticing. And then they go to their email and they're like, hey, we saved these items in your cart. Don't forget to check out. And they're like, oh, that's right. Sometimes people need to see things a few times before they actually commit or purchase. So if you can be following up on email, it can be to let them know that, yeah, they had items in their cart, they haven't checked out, or it could be following up things like, hey, you joined our email list, here's some more information about us. Um, You do need to make sure with email that they are opted in to receive marketing emails. So when somebody checks out on Shopify, for instance, it asks them, would you like to be joining our our mailing list and they have to tick yes or no and that have to tick yes for you to send promotional emails. However, you are allowed to email them about their purchase even if they don't opt in. So if they purchase and then you send them an email to say here's your tracking note so that they can track their order, that's totally fine. But do make sure that you're getting permission for any promotional Mm follow-up emails. Yeah. And so when you're looking at the follow-up emails, you can set these up to all go magically uh, and automatically. So Uh you set them up once, you set up all of your rules, all of your triggers, essentially all uh, online marketing is, is a bunch of triggers that have a rule around it to tell uh, the technology what you want it to do. So if somebody has Uh, had a look at some items, added them to cart and then left without, so they've initiated their checkout, but they haven't actually made the purchase yet. You can set up a rule within Shopify or Klaviyo or, you know, whatever uh, tool you are using to send out your emails to automatically send that customer an email to say, hey, you've left something behind or don't forget about me or um, these items are selling really quickly, make sure you check out. Uh, so you can set it up so that goes without you having to actually do anything. It's One little so thing important. That, yeah, I, I would say make sure that you regularly check those automations. Just have a little note in your calendar because their little tech gremlins can actually <laughs> wreak a little bit of havoc and turn things off. Turn you know, there's it's text. You just need to check. But a thing to note there is quite often when we teach this. 
people feel like the magic is ruined and all of a sudden they know that it's automated and, oh, all my customers know this. But let me assure you, they don't. My husband came to me on his birthday and he's like, oh, I just got an email from my CrossFit coach wishing me a happy birthday. That was so nice of him to take time out of his day to wish me a happy birthday. And I looked at this and it was a stock standard, hey, insert first name, <laughs> um, you know, happy birthday. We hope to see you around the box soon. And this would have been automated and automatically sent to every single um, person that attended that box on their birthday. But he thought he'd taken the time that morning to personally write it for him. And that's the thing. People don't understand that all of this is automated. If you're in marketing or if you're learning this and starting to use it for yourself, for your own business, we know. Yeah, we understand that. Doesn't mean that your customers know. So just make it really nice and personable. Use names in your emails. You can use them more than once. Uh, and to do all of this, you're utilizing software, something like Clavio, which will make sure that you're complying with all the spam laws. It will help you put in an unsubscribe link, which you have to by law have in there. And it will help you use their first names and things like that in the actual order and bring through the products that they were looking at or had in their cart. So it takes a bit of time to set this stuff up. But once you have, it will send an email on their birthday every year or a follow-up sequence every time they add to their card. It's not something that you're having to do over and over. So it's definitely worth investing some time into your business to set up your automations, both email and Facebook ads, because once they're set up, it's like a beautiful little train of things that just goes on and on and on uh, and continuously helps you to get more customers. And make sure that you ditch the default. So oh, there will yes. be an email that's, you know, hey, first name, you left this in your cart, don't forget to check out. Like you can personalize it and make it all about the language and um, the branding that you use. So if you call your customers, you know, if you use language that's really- Hey, chickadee. You, yeah, if you <laughs> use that, if you call your customers that, use that and be personal and show your personality and really um, use that every single piece of communication that you have in your business as a reason to make your customers smile, yes. then you're going to be winning. And people can tell the difference, right? With the stock standard email that I open, I'm like, oh yeah, that's just what I've got in my cart, whatever. To when someone takes the time to write those and puts in their personality and like Megan said, every single thing that goes out, whether it be your social media, your email, your Facebook ads, your descriptions on your website, it's all part of your brand. So you've got to decide if you want yours to be a default boring brand or if you want to put a bit of fun and creativity into your messaging. Spoiler alert, the second wins out every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So make sure you go through your website and have a look at these five things that we have mentioned. So make sure you've got a fast loading site, a mobile optimized site, so mobile first. Make sure you have your Pixel installed, your Google Analytics installed, and make sure that you are ready to follow up people when they leave without buying. And so if you can do these things, um, make any adjustments that you need to make and improve your conversion rate as Karen did in the example uh, at the beginning. If you can just increase your conversion rate by 1% or 2%, you could essentially be doubling your revenue. And I think that is absolutely the name of the game. Yeah, for sure. So take a look at the show notes. We will link through to all the tools that you can use to check these things, your site speed, um, your mobile friendliness score that Google's going to give you and how to install all those different things. So check those out and we'll catch you in the next episode. 